That's All right. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night to anyone listening at night. Welcome to the Scaramanga podcast, the podcast where we talk and ask questions to industry experts. For today's podcast, we have a very special guest to talk about dyslexia, Bob Dickinson, Director from Installation and Refurbishment Solutions. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Good morning, Karen. Good morning. So to kind of like to introduce yourself, could you uh, share some of, share some information to us about yourself and your professional journey? And about kind of including how has dyslexia maybe influenced that? Yeah, okay. Um, currently, we uh, I'm director of a family business, uh, IRS Limited, which we started in 1995 uh, with my wife. Um, prior to that, I actually qualified as a as a nurse looking after uh, handicapped and disabled children, which I went straight to instead of doing A levels from school. Um, Schools uh, a very strange, strange experience. I, I was fortunate to pass 11 plus and get a scholarship to uh, grammar school when they were still around. Um, but then for the first four years at school, I was bottom of the class uh, until about the fourth year where I suddenly went to the top of a lot of the uh, subjects. Um, and in those days, we never really understood anything about uh, dyslexia. We were sort of just grouped together as special needs, uh, awkward, difficult or whatever. Um, sports was always something I was quite good at. So I was always athletic, but I always had the feeling that uh, I knew better than the teacher, which probably why they put me down to being a difficult, difficult student. And partly because they'd ask a question or something and I'd jump three or four steps ahead to give the answer that they weren't ready to receive. So um, that's where we are and that's where we started. Um, I don't know whether I ever understood what the dyslexia was, how it affected me or how I developed strategies for it. It was just, I knew I was clever and everyone else was stupid. Yeah. So you, you knew from quite a young age that it was a official diagnosis then? No, we never had those uh, uh, diagnoses in those days. It mm. was, um, it's something that's become on more and more in uh, past 10, 20 years, really, uh, maybe 25 years. There was always a, an inkling. I mean, out of all the school uh, that I went to and uh, my last one, there was perhaps only one teacher that understood it. Um, and he was the one that actually managed to get me to pass uh, chemistry, biology, subjects like that, hmm. which prior to him, no one ever really understood or prepared to put the effort in. So when when did you find out you had it? You sort of grow to knowing it. It, it became labelled uh, hmm. probably in my 20s, late 20s. Oh, you're dyslexic. You're, well, OK, yeah, fine. Maybe I am. Um, yeah. But that doesn't that doesn't. Um, give you any solutions that just puts a label to something you knew you always you were always um slightly different to others yeah 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 as you said there's it's not there's no solution to finding out it's just you know that's great I, I mean i think that is a great answer because obviously as you said you know back then it's very different to now um you know with the help the resources out there the way that you can you know you can get officially diagnosed quite easily as well nowadays and i wanted to ask in your personal words how would you give off what an explanation of what dyslexia actually is and how it affects people who have it? Uh, it's difficult because um, uh, I have three children, all of which uh, are dyslexic in uh, in some way or other. Um, uh, one of them, uh, uh, the youngest, uh, barely could write his own name when he was when he was young. And uh, we, we shortened it to three letters in the end. Uh, but he's gone on to do a, a degree at Loughborough and a master's as well. So, again, he was never stupid, but we all have slightly different uh, issues or ways of uh, looking at problems, solving problems, 
uh, coming up with uh, solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and whenever we get in a group or whenever I get in a group of uh, people or I see other young people, ah, he's one of us. There's always something you know. It's the way people behave, move, react, answer a question. You go, ah, yeah, they're not working the same way as I'm going to say normal. I don't mean normal, but the majority of people operate in this country. Mm. Um, so, for example, from my point of view, um, if you were to lay out the alphabet and go A, B, C, D, E, F, G, my mind goes A, F, Z, M, P, A. And I, I will go backwards and forwards and find different patterns. Um, solving problems in my head, I'll sit there and jump from one to the other and go right the way through. Um, and sometimes, I mean, I remember at school, I'd turn around to teachers and go, oh, have you thought of this? And they'd go, ah, no, we hadn't. And they'd step back for a little while and go, oh, you can't do that for this reason, but you can do this. Hmm. So, um, so it's like solving mental problems, but coming up with like a different solution for to get to that. Yeah, absolutely. Or hmm. looking at things differently. Hmm. Um, we're, I'm not very good at being told you can't do something. Exactly. <laughs> There's always a way to do it. Yeah, yeah, you know, there is. A, you may not like it, but there is always a way out of it. Um, in in the job we do at the moment, when we're designing fitting out offices, the, you'll have people saying, "Oh, you can't do that for this reason, or you can't do that for that reason." You go, "Why?" Hmm. Oh, because either we've always done it, or because the legislation says this. Well, mm-hmm. what about if I do it that way? Oh, yeah, we can do that. Brilliant. So it's just a way of looking at things slightly differently. Yeah. I mean, personally, for me, I mean, I don't have dyslexia, but when I was growing up in um, primary school and secondary school, especially during primary school, I remember I was, I, uh, there was a point when I was basically sent to the dyslexic testing center to you know, be tested for it. And I'd go there with all the other students and then they'll test me and then I, I show no signs of it. So I end up going back to school and then the school says, oh, it must be wrong. Send him back. So I went back there. Did another test got sent back. That happened quite a lot. Because they were like, well, he doesn't have dyslexia, but there's something there. And then I think later in high school, it was a diagnosis of uh, dyspraxia. Oh, yeah. So they they were kind of modelled up between the two a little bit there. Um, but I, I guess even then, it's like when you're trying to diagnose these kind of things, or you know, it's it's not always the easiest. And, no, and I think one of the solutions, particularly with anyone with a disability, well, I'm not going to call it a disability, anyone that uh, has to operate um, slightly differently from the norm. Um, my son, um, when, when he eventually got diagnosed with everything, they, they looked at him and uh, from, a, from a reading and writing point of view, uh, his uh, percentiles were top 5% of the country and bottom 5% of the country. So intelligence wise, he was top five, reading and writing, bottom five. He's also got an element of dyspraxia and they when he was being diagnosed he said but you shouldn't be as athletic as you are he went on to row at henley and get an england cap so you know sometimes your mind just works to solve problems Mm. and you will do anything to take to get it um i spent i i I was fortunate to play at a reasonable standard of rugby and a lot of the guys that i played with were internationals and many of them were dyslexic Yeah. yeah And it's it's amazing how if you look through the sports world, how many people are, and it's because I think that you 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 yeah, you have a problem, you yeah, don't yeah. accept that that problem is yeah. stopping yeah. you from doing something, and you come up with different solutions to solve it. There's a lot of really good role models and ambassadors for um, I mean anything nowadays, any kind of disability or learning difficulty. Like there's a lot of advocates out there nowadays. Um, probably one of the best things about social media is spreading awareness of some of these things. 
Um, I know you do a lot of talks uh, around dyslexia as well. In your opinion, is there any kind of key misconceptions you come across or there's myths about dyslexia that you think are important to address or squash? Yeah, uh, the, the biggest one uh, still pervades in the education system is that it doesn't exist. Hmm. It's just pe- people looking for uh, sort of, uh, simple excuses for their lazy or awkward children, uh, which is slightly frustrating. Part of the problem is that um, uh, a lot of the, the, the big institutions, uh, medical, uh, educational, uh, what law, whatever, you have to go in a certain sequence. Mm. You need to do this, tick that box. You need to do this, tick this box. You have to behave like this. You have to behave like that. Um, and that's not what we do. We, we don't behave like that. And there isn't enough empathy or sympathy um, in, in certain um organizations in this country to accept that mm. which I, th- I think is fundamentally wrong um my daughter who's a teacher um uh, even now will be told by other teachers why do you admit it well you shouldn't tell other people you should keep it quiet mm. or she'll go into a classroom and she'll go to the child oh, you're dyslexic right don't worry it's not a problem here's how we're going to solve it mm. um you know the amount of children that have come up to her and said gosh miss we never knew so uh, they were embarrassed by it or their parents were embarrassed by it mm. um and in a modern age, that's so frustrating. It shouldn't happen. In the work process, I mean, you get the same thing as well. I used to fall out. It's one of the reasons I stopped working for large organisations and set up my own business. I can't work with um, mundane repetitiveness. Mm. I need to be able to get off and do some. And it goes back to that same thing. You can't do this. Why? Why can't I do it? You know, why is the biggest question that we should always teach our children, but then we should also teach them to learn to listen to the answer as well. Um, And one of the valuable lessons that came out of sports for me is that failure is not a problem. Failure just means that you haven't done it properly on this occasion. Mm. Try a different way of doing it. And if you look at most very successful sportsmen, they failed on so many occasions. Then all of a sudden that didn't work. I'll try it this way. That didn't work. I'll try it this way. And it's the Mm. determination to succeed that allows people to get to the top of their profession, their sport or their subject. Not necessarily that uh, they're any brighter than anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I think nowadays, as I mentioned before, there is a lot more good stories about people with dyslexia, just having a normal life, being successful. It's not a constraint at all. No, Um, absolutely. I mean, as yourself, as a business owner, um, I think it's quite it, it, I, I can tell here how it might be quite frustrating when people say, well, it doesn't exist or they're using it as an excuse or something. When I think I was looking at it the other week or the other day, anything around 10 percent of the global population have it. Yes. So, you know, and that, that's a lot of 10 percent. So to say that it doesn't exist is um, you know, a bit delusional from some people. Well, I think part of the problem is that um, to acknowledge there's a problem. You have to have the mindset that either you're the problem mm. or you have the inability to resolve that problem or that you can't acknowledge there is anything you can do about it. So one of the biggest problems I still have now when I'm talking to people, I'm in a, a, a conversation with them. I will think of something and look at something four or five stages ahead. Mm-hmm. They won't see it, completely ignore it, or I have to just sit there and wait for them to catch up. Yeah, and that becomes very frustrating. Um because we don't teach people how to listen. Hmm. And I imagine there's times in conversations where you're you're thinking so far ahead and then maybe the conversation takes a different kind of turn. So then the thing that you thought about is kind of not being brought up again or it's just kind of stuck in your head and you need to get it out maybe. 
yes. Yes, also that sometimes, and, and I don't, I've always been accused of being, why are you so dismissive? Why are you so rude? It's not, mm. it's not but that's irrelevant. That's not important. This is the important thing. Mm. And you go, well, yeah, but this is important to me. And you go, okay, fine. Well, when you get to my point and have a longer <laughs> conversation, and I don't mean to be rude. And yeah. sometimes it's just, you're just being forthright. Um, that's not important to me. I know it's important to you and I'll sit here and wait. Mm. But this is important to me. So, and and it's it is striking that balance. So, uh, one of the things I have learned in my old age is to be more patient, yeah. more understanding. Um, and I think the other thing is most most of the dyslexic people have been are, are eternally optimistic. Mm, I very I very rarely meet a miserable dyslexic person. Yeah, that's good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, hopefully there isn't one out there. Well, there probably is, but yeah. I mean, that's actually kind of leading into the next question quite well, because I mean, obviously nowadays there is a lot more official ways to diagnose people, you know, to find out someone has dyslexia and people will naturally find out, you know, in high school and primary school or even earlier than that. For some people, when they're told you have dyslexia, they might get quite upset about it because it's something that obviously doesn't, you know, it doesn't just go away, you know. And some people, you know, obviously times have changed, but some people might see it as not the norm. You know, it's like you you stand out. You have this 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 thing that not everyone else has, and that can kind of get to people, especially in those kind of school ages where you're different. And I was wondering, um, what kind of advice would you give to someone who has kind of recently found out they've got dyslexia or been diagnosed, and maybe they're struggling to come to terms with that? I, I suppose there's two ways of looking at it. Um, firstly, um, you can continue to struggle with it mm. and uh, listen to what those people that don't have it say to you that is completely irrelevant. Mm. Or you can be optimistic and turn it around and go, OK, well, I don't agree with this. How am I going to improve myself? There is there is nothing you are given in this world as a birthright. Most mm. people have to get up and fight for it. Um, and for me, the one thing would always be optimistically, just don't sit there and take it. Just get up and, and fight for what you want. Um, that means you might have to work harder. You might have to read the books uh, longer. Um, as I say, both my son and I have the thing where our short term memory isn't very good. So, for example, when he went to school, he would not only have to learn every day what he'd learnt the previous day at the end of the term and the beginning of the new term, he'd have to go back and learn what he'd learnt the previous term. So the 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 the, the volume of work you have to take on board. Um, life's not fair. Um, there are plenty of people out there that want to leapfrog over you because life's about being successful. That you just have to take on the chin and go, right, how am I going to change myself? You know, if if you believe in yourself, um, and believe that you have the ability to uh, achieve whatever you want, um, but also accept that along the way you're going to have failures and difficulties, then you will achieve what you're able to achieve. But um, uh, it's not going to be easy. Yeah. You need to find something you enjoy doing. Um, my outlet was sports. I've done a lot of, uh, played a lot of rugby, done a lot of rugby coaching. I put a lot back into the community. Um, for me, that that's what got me through because I could always go out on the rugby pitch on a Saturday, run round and uh, and engage my enthusiasm. Yeah. Um, I don't think if I didn't have an outlet, I would have survived. 
Mm. I'd have got into trouble. I'd have caused trouble or whatever. Um, but you have to find some. And, and, and no one's necessarily going to give you the answers. There are good teachers out there. There are good uh, role models out there. You just have to go and look for them. They're not going to come to you necessarily. If they do, well done. Um, but you do have to go and find it. Yeah. There are plenty of people like me around where the door's always open. All you have to do is knock on it and you can come in and sit down and have a coffee. It's not a problem. Yeah. Um, but it is a question yeah. of finding it. It might be you leave school with no exams. You might be better mm-hmm. at doing electric, uh, electric, electrical uh, engineering, or you might be better at doing plumbing or carpentry. Yeah. Go and just be the best that you can at that. Something will occur. Yeah. And the career you choose at 16 or 17 may not be the career you choose in your 30s. Mm. So yeah, and I, I think that's just good generic advice as well about you know when you've got something. I mean, recently we've kind of in the last few years we've changed our approach as a company where we more focus around accessibility and yes. uh, you know caring for accessibility and promoting that cause. And we've spoken to people who you know they they're deaf, the deaf, blind, or any or they suffer from chronic pain, and they will say the exact same thing about well, you can let it take over your life be your life or you can actually work around it and live a pretty good life still um it's sort of like as you said coming up with solutions and actually working around it working with it as well um and there are people out there that, that do care um you just yeah. have to be lucky enough to find them um i don't know that there is no solution because uh dyslexia for example comes in many forms um, most of the strategies I've got, I've learned myself. I mean, I, uh, uh, there's, there's things I do at the moment where I have to learn things. So I, I have a short term memory issue where if you say something to me now, 30 seconds later, I'll forget it. But you can say I can remember something I did in third form or when I was five or six and I can explain something to you. In my current role, we design and fit out commercial space. And uh, I've had people come up to me and say, oh, you did a job for me 15 years ago. And I go, right, OK, what's the trick? There is a trigger. Where was that? Oh, this was this office. Oh, that's the one by the arch. Oh, yeah. If you go in through the door, you go up the stairs, you turn to you and I walk through the whole job I did with them. They go, how do you remember that? So, well, once it goes into my long term memory. It's there. Yeah. And then you say, you know, oh, we had this problem on day two when we did this, but we solved that by doing that. And then you've got this. And if you look up there, you've got this problem. And, and it's just a question of, you know, um, using the skill set you have to suit the life you have. Yeah. 100%. I mean, something we mentioned as well, or you touched on briefly, was about um, support in school. And I know in schools they do um, allow for extra time in examinations. I don't know exactly how long it is. I think it's an extra half an hour or so. But how do you think society and even educational systems could better support individuals with dyslexia? You could put, uh, I suppose the difficulty is that in a, in a classroom of 30 or 40, if 10% are different to the rest yeah. and you measure success on the majority, you're never going to solve the problem. Yeah. Um, and it's not just a question of it's all well and good having an extra time in exam time, but you also need the extra learning time. So having mm-hmm. 30% or 40% extra once a year for two hours doesn't help if the previous 364 days you've had no extra time or no extra support yeah um i think there's different ways that we learn um i know the question of doing oral exams comes up when people turn around and say oh it's easy to do an oral one you know you just don't have to write but there are ways you can test people to see whether they know their subject mm. without having to necessarily write it down yeah 
you know. Well, um, yeah. And also, I think the way we ask questions is bloody stupid. Sometimes you'll get a multiple choice question and you, you'll read it and you'll go, well, the first one's wrong. The second part's why are they trying to trick me up? Do they want me to know the information or mm. are they just trying to be clever about the way they've asked the question? Yeah, no, I, I think, I mean, it's probably quite an older system now. I think a lot of people would admit that the testing system or the exam systems probably quite outdated at this point. I mean, we see what many times people do awful in their results, their exams, and then they go off and they do amazing. Yeah, and again, I don't, I don't necessarily don't, I don't think that we should do away with them. I think, I think mm. they're good because they're, again, you know that thing I said about failure. Yeah. All failure does is show you that you've done something wrong. If you're strong enough to learn from it, the next time you'll do it right. It's like running a business. You know, uh, in America they say you're never good enough to run a business unless you've had three fail. Mm. You know, so you do learn lessons to move on with. I just think that the amount of input that we put into some people um, and expect them to suddenly come up with the right answers is not necessarily good enough. Uh, I think the way we ask questions, we could perhaps look at that and make, are, are we trying to draw information out of people or just prove that we're, you know, we can write stupid questions. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I, I, I didn't like school. It didn't really suit me, but I love learning. I love, you know, I love understanding. I love knowing things. Mm. Um, I just don't think our education system at the moment provides that adequately to encourage people the ability to look for knowledge and understand how you obtain knowledge. Mm. You know, simple things. We're having a conversation. Yeah, and, and here you are now uh, with your own company. Yeah, absolutely. But I think if you, one of the things is that um, how often do you sit down with a conversation outside and people, if you ask the wrong question or don't use the wrong word, right word, Get, get annoyed and you sit there going no no I'm not asking to give you my opinion what where why how and who I'm mm. asking you might change my opinion yeah and yeah, we've yeah. we've forgotten the ability to discuss I think which is, is for me as a dyslexic person is fundamental I'm always testing the bounds of knowledge why do you believe that why what's wrong what about if I did this I'm not being argumentative or causing a fight I want to know the answers you want to learn yeah yeah interesting to learn so where you are today I'm wondering if you could share some of like your, I don't want to say personal strategies, but some of the ways that you helped yourself in managing and overcoming any challenges that might have been associated with dyslexia to get where you are today. Um, if it's even hindered you, essentially. No, uh, I wouldn't say it has. Others that know me would. Uh, I make a lot of notes. Mm. I'm always writing stuff down. Mm. Um, and then I'll go back. Oh, yeah, I meant to say this. I meant to say that. Um no, I don't. I, I I I don't think I have. But I'm sure if you spoke to people who know me, go, oh, yeah, this is what he does. This is what he does. Um, and, and I can't tell you what they are. I just know that the way I am and I live works for me at the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, as I say, questioning. Uh, I create images in my mind so that I remember stuff. Um, I will ask stu what appear stupid questions because sometimes the information you want to give isn't the information I want. So, you know, listen, I'm sorry if this is a stupid question, but why are you putting that there? Yeah. Oh, I'm putting that there because Doris needs to sit there. Why doesn't Doris sit over there? No, we hadn't thought of that. So sometimes asking stupid questions because the information you want to give isn't the information I want. Mm. Uh, so I suppose that's one strategy. And also I've got a thick skin. I've never cared what people think about me. 
I know I'm a good person. I always know I try and do the best for other people. Um, and if that's not good enough for some people, then I don't want them in my life. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a fantastic point. Uh, just as a closing question, but I think that's also one of them. But what would you like any of our listeners today to understand or take away from about dyslexia from this conversation? It's, it has given me a marvellous insight to the way that I've, I, I've lived my life. Um, it's given me the opportunity to do things that I, I don't think I, I could have observed and done uh, had I not had it. But it's also irrelevant to how you lead your life and what you expect out of it. Um, give, as I say, giving something a label doesn't solve the problem. You've still got to solve the problem. So um, enjoy, enjoy yourself, enjoy being who you are and do the best that you can at every opportunity. Hmm. Yeah, thank you for that. And if anyone would actually like to get in contact with you, how can they find you? Uh, if, if if they go to uh, info at irs-limitedltd.co.uk, um, just send me an email or look us up online and contact me and uh, happy to respond. Yeah, well, thank you for coming in and chatting with me today, Bob. It was a really insightful chat, actually, and I've learned quite a lot myself, actually, about it. And I hope some of the listeners also feel the same way. Marvellous. Thank you for your time. Right, thank you.